episode 217 of Dude and a Monkey. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. My name is Ian Loring. As always, I am joined by... Mark Foster. Hello, everybody. Now, first off, before we get started, I want to say thank you to some beautiful bastards. Steve Dixon, Chris Burns, John Dangerfield, Christopher Martin, Marcus Zizou, Ethan Barr, Paul Wong Pan, Scott McKenzie. You lot are gold. You are absolutely. You are the golden ears that we that we dribble this nectar into. Absolutely, we're not going to bang on about the Patreon, but nope. the it's there. It is there. Patreon.com forward slash do the monkey. Uh, so much better response than we either of us ever thought we were going to have in in the first fucking few months, let alone first week. Yeah. Um, has really given me confidence that people actually like this shit. Yeah. Um, and we really, really hope you enjoy the bonus stuff. Um, the f- the first 4K show went up uh, over the weekend. Um, I'm going to try and get more of a structure in place for that thing, and it will be longer than the 17 minutes that first show was going forward, I would imagine. Just need more content, really. Um and we are going to be so because Steve Dixon was the the first Patreon, we um, basically gave him the choice of first commentary. Mm. Um, in the future, um, even though it was interesting, actually, Marcus Zizou just uh, said instead of a commentary, could we do a review of um, Fellini's Eight and a Half? Yes. Um, which I'm 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 up for doing that anyway. I'm up for doing that anyway. Yeah. Um, so I. I would say just because, well, ah, oh, but is that fair to other people? Do we throw it in the mix or do we just do that? I think we just, I think we, I think we just do that. Well, shall we? I'd be tempted to say maybe let's not give any time scales, but how about Patreon people also give us a film that they want us to review? Yes, because it helps me pick films. Yeah, totally. I yeah and. <laughs> We'll we'll put a commentary in the mix. So, Marcus, if you want us to do a commentary of something else, tell us. We'll put it in the we'll put it in the mix, and we'll choose a, a random commentary. Mm. Um, uh, you know, as well. But yeah, how about that? For every Patreon we get, they get to choose a film that we review, yeah. and then they get a ch- like in in the bag for a commentary. Absolutely, yeah, I, I, I'm fine with that. Um, but my first Patreon show should be up at the beginning of next week, um, where I'll be. I, essentially, I, I'm doing uh, like a noir themed one. Um, the idea of it is there's a lot of subgenre noir uh, out there, um, and so rather than just tackling noir, I'm going to look at sort of like the sleazier side of noir uh, to an extent. And basically, just go onto Wikipedia and have a look at these weird, like noir subgenres, and go right that one and that one, and just review a couple of them and sort of see if they are actually. The idea is to look at to see if they are actually noir films, if they follow typical noir traits, uh, if they're any good, and kind of review the films, but review them not just as is this a good film, is this what it's what this is claiming it's to be, and will it fit with this, and does it mix with this, and where the different bits from it. Is it actually not a noir? Is it actually just fluff or whatever? So that's the kind of idea for that. Very good. I'm fucking looking forward to that. Shit, does that mean I have to donate? 
<laughs> yeah, I was wondering that with the fog thing, thinking, that's done it. <laughs> I, I, I think, to be fair, if if you have the login details, then you could probably just, yeah. <laughs> I think we could probably just yeah. Um, on, on just one last thing on the Patreon as well. Well, a couple of last things. Um, Steve Dixon has chosen Gregory's Girl as the commentary, um, yeah. which we're looking to record hopefully next weekend. Yes, yes, yeah, that's, that's, that's fine by me. Yeah, um, so, um, yeah, look look for that. Hopefully, like, Sunday next week, or maybe the start of the week, but probably, probably Sunday. Um, and, fuck, there was something else in my head, and I forgot, oh, yeah. Um, so, looking at Patreon, apparently the patrons get a link to an RSS feed of the, like, exclusive, like, content. If that's not happening, if people could let me know. I know on the the patrons-only section of the Patreon site, there's like an in-web page version of the of the audio. But there, it, like I say, it's supposed to be an RSS feed as well. We are new to this, guys. So if you don't have that, could you let me know? Um, like on Twitter or on the, pa- uh, the Patreon page, whatever. Um, and I'll look into that. But apparently when you subscribe, you're supposed to get, or when you pledge, you're supposed to get an RSS feed. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so, yeah, um, coming up on this week's show, was that it for the Patreon? Yes. Yeah, but um, seriously, folks, thank you so much. That was really, really, really wonderful. Um, so uh, coming up on this week's show, uh, we're going to be doing Dunkirk, as everybody else is doing, but why wouldn't they? Um, and we're also finally going to fucking do three episodes of Twin Peaks, um, yeah. and, uh, some other, what we watched and whatnot as well. Um, anything happened that you want to talk about, Mark, or should we just get straight into trailers? Let's get straight into trailers. I don't think that much has really happened, has it? No, uh, I mean, so Comic-Con happened, um, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's a bit, you kind of know what's going to happen at all now, really. Nothing it really, nothing happens. They just show you a bunch of shit. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't really any announcement that... No. I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer joining Ant-Man and the Wasp as Michael mm-hmm. Douglas's uh, wife, uh, Janet Von Van da- Von Dyne, or whatever her name was. Uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, Michelle they should Pfeiffer... Just call it, they should just call it Trailer Thought, Trailer Con. Trailer Clip Con, is what they should call it. Because yeah. that's all it seems to be nowadays, is trailers and clips. Um, but I, I mean, that's probably what the only bit we see of it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, th- th- you know, there's Q and A's and shit like that as well. So, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure the, the people are going. It's a fantastic time. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, the, the trailers then. So, hmm. what do we have? Um, right. So, Justice League. I've I've watched this a couple times now, um, and. Literally, aside from the fact that they have to come together, as the the music of the film kind of says, um, what what's it actually about? Uh, it's 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 about making a movie version of Arkham Asylum, but the Justice League. Uh, and I on the game, by the way. But the Justice League um, and a lot of people kind of swooping up in the air and landing. It would appear. Uh, it, uh. it, it. I, I, I'm, I'm not on the bandwagon for, for either of these. I'm neither Marvel nor DC in that. I have my, my thing is Batman. Uh, I love Batman, but 
it's not like I'm really pulling for this or against it at all. I've actually got on all right with most of the uh, the DCU stuff uh, in the same extent as I have with the Marvel stuff. But it looks bad. It looks it looks messy as fuck. It it looks like they've thrown a bunch of images together and gone, that's a trailer. And it's not really a trailer, is it? Let's be honest. It's just a bunch of images thrown together. Yeah, I mean... I... It's not a film. I don't, I don't think it's a film yet. And it's out in, what, a couple of months? Yeah, November. Um, that's not I, a film. I, so, I mean, the news... Came, I mean, I suppose some news that came... Did you, did you see this? Um, Hollywood Reporter, I think it was, put out a story a couple of days back saying that they're having problems with the reshoots on Justice League. Um, and the amazing thing that came out of it was that Henry Cavill is working on Mission Impossible 6 and he has a tash in that. He's trying to do reshoots for Justice League, but Paramount won't let Warner's shave his tash. So he's having to do the reshoots, tap, like, moustached up, and then someone's going to have to digitally remove the moustache. Or just leave it on. <laughs> or just... Yeah. Just leave it on. Just leave it on and then have a bit where you go, what's that? And it, Or have a bit that just has Clark Kent just with a tash in the background and he just goes, whoops, and at one point puts his hand over it. Or something like that. Because it can't get more ridiculous. <laughs> I, it, it, like, that is that is something else. That, I that's, mean, I mean, that's, that, that, that is up there with um, that rumour that, um, what was it, that Ashton Kutcher movie where they had to... Um, digitally edit out his Kabbalah bracelet that went out there and it turned out that, that was complete bollocks. <laughs> and, it went, and he kind of somebody asked him about it and he just went, What? No. <laughs> and apparently that was Bernie Mac that got the rumour started. Oh that's Oh good old Bernie Mac. I miss that guy. I miss that guy as well. Fuck man. Um no, I mean so the the, the <laughs> thing is, I mean obviously this has all been caused by the the, the really sad stuff that happened with Zack Snyder um, yeah. and, and, and family. And, and so, you know, these reshoots have probably had to be rescheduled all over the place. But it does... <sighs> the thing is, it's so weird that Justice League, at this point, needs Wonder Woman more than Wonder Woman needs Justice League. Yeah, it, it, is, it is weird. I mean, you had the whole thing Good about... for her. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wonder yeah. Woman. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, you have the whole thing of what seems to be happening uh, with the Justice League is people looking at it going, is this the last time Ben Affleck's going to play Batman? I can't wait to see Wonder Woman again. Um, what's the point in the Flash? And God, isn't fucking Jason Momoa going to be amazing as Aquaman? But that seems to be it. Everybody's always talking about, already talking about, are Jason Momoa and, and Gal Gadot a little bit wasted in this movie? It's a bit like, uh, mm. wow. Either wait and see it, or yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I. It's totally all over the it place. It's all over the fucking. Yeah. I, yeah. You've got you've got Ezra Miller cracking a joke at the end of the trailer, and you're like, okay, so you're going to be the witty young one, are you? Yeah, I'm not sure he can pull that off because he because he's a little bit of a dick. <laughs> it would have been. I I kind of liked that bit at the end. With I, do you know what? I, I liked it, but I just thought, but is that? I, I don't get it. If 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 that's the tone this film's gonna have, it's totally incongruous to the tone of the other MC uh, the DCU films. Yeah, I, I 
but th- I mean, that's the thing, right? They're supposed to be lightening things up. I mean, fuck, it, man. Josh that's Josh Whedon. Whedon. That's what he does. That, 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 you go in, there's Josh Whedon. The thing is, I'm, I, I'm not somebody who thinks Josh Whedon is amazing. I get other people do, and I'm fine with that. I do think he's very good. His style just isn't my bag. So I'm a little bit like, right, I've got a film coming out that is clearly Zack Snyder not quite all there and very much handing the reins over to nobody. And then and then throwing into that, Josh Whedon coming in, kind of feeling like he's coming on to spite somebody else. Yeah, yes, yeah. And, yeah, it, it, is, it is a little bit like that. It, it very much feels like that Warner have gone... This this isn't going very well. This isn't going very well. We need somebody to come in and save it. Hang on a minute. Should we have a cheeky little bit at Joss Whedon? Because he seems pissed at Marvel. Uh. And they've gone, hey, Joss, let's do this. And he's gone, yeah. And they've gone, oh, fuck, he said, yeah. We were joking. <laughs> okay, so compare and contrast. Justice League yeah. for Ragnarok. Right. Right. Um, I'm going to make no sense in a second on this. Okay. Right? It looks batshit. And I love the fact that it looks batshit. I love the fact that they've come out and said most of it's ad-libbed. I love that. Uh-huh. The fact that there's there's that. Um, it's it's all over the place with the colour and everything like that, but I get, I get the look it's going for. I'm looking at it going, that looks ugly as fuck, but in a great way. Uh-huh. And that's the bit I mean. It looks ugly as fuck. But I think it's supposed to, I think. I think it's supposed to look garish and over the top and ridiculous and a little bit... The best way I can come up with is ugly and tacky. But it looks like it's going to land. It's going to be... It's going to be... 114 minutes and it's going to be an absolute blast. The the bit of of, of Thor talking to Hulk. <laughs> mm. About the fire, the fire, the flame or the fire. Yeah. And Hulk going Hulk like fire. He's going yo I like fire too. And Hulk's almost arguing with him, trying to get one up. Going no Hulk really like fire. Do you know what? I, I I I'd happily just have that for two hours. I kind of think you're going to get that for a lot of it. I'm fine with that. <laughs> uh, I'm very, 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 very excited for Thor Ragnarok. It looks, it just looks mental. And does anybody look like they're having more fun being a director of a big budget movie? Oh, that fucking, that, that tweet you put out the other day. With him in the shorts, the, the shirt? Yeah. Saying, well, it's great to be me. Yeah. <laughs> and he means that. It is great to be him. I... Like I was listening to the Empire podcast, so apologies if people listen to that as well. But Taika Waititi apparently plays in the film this CG rock man, yeah. and in it, he's apparently there was a scene shown at Comic Con where he's in a prison with Thor, and Thor's like asking him like why he's in prison, and he's talking about how he was a revolutionary, and it he would have been able to stage his revolution. But he didn't print enough pamphlets, <laughs> and it's like it just yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. Do you know what? It, do you know what it feels like with that? It feels like they've gone right. 
we're going to do this Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and we've got James Gunn on to direct it. We don't reckon much to it. We don't reckon it's gonna it's gonna work. But it either way, we're fine. If it works, brilliant. If it doesn't, we can say right. We try and do something a little bit different and do something as a side to the actual the standard uh, Marvel Universe stuff, and it didn't work. So that's why I want to keep everything in this little bubble. And then it did loads better than expected, and they've gone, do you know what? Do you know what might be better for us to do? We tried with Thor 2, kind of having it, you know, looking at it and micromanaging it, and it didn't work. Let's just give somebody $150 million and go, go off and make some... You need to do this, this and this, but just go off and just fucking do something. Do something, because the chances are now we're going to make our money back anyway. What's the worst that can happen? Fuck. Suicide Squad made shitloads and everyone hated it. Uh. And and he's gone away and he's made something that looks, looks mental. I... Like Forbidden Zone mental. <laughs> I continue as i've said repeatedly you have been saying this for a long time years marvel fucking they let directors do their thing and if a marvel film is anonymous anonymous it's because the director is yeah for the dark world yeah for fuck's sake now this is the thing right a couple years back, who would have, who would have thought that out of Spider-Man reboot, Guardians two and Thor Ragnarok, it would be Thor Ragnarok that you would be like most up for? Yeah, you know, I mean that is fucking after Thor for the Dark World. It was just like right, he's pretty much done now, isn't he? Yeah, but and the, fact that, and the fact that he wasn't even in. Um, Civil War. What's it? Civil War. Which essentially was the Avengers 2.5. Yeah, yeah, quite. I mean, it, it just... It look, it just looks like a fucking blast. It just looks amazing. Yeah. I it, like, oh, Just all over it. All over it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, fuck it. I'm so fucking up for that film. I It, <laughs> it just... I'm going to be a fucking coiled spring like the entire <laughs> week before that film comes out, I swear to God. Um, okay, and I suppose the last big one from Comic-Con, unless I'm missing anything, would be uh, uh, Ready Player One um, from cinematic game-changer Steven Spielberg. Fucking hell. Um, fine, right? Fine. That's, right. That, that's fair enough. Yeah, he has <laughs> changed the game a couple of times. That's fine. Well, I saw one the other day that said from visionary director, and it was I can't remember who hey, it was. It was that, yeah. And I was a bit yeah. like, uh, right, oh, do you know what? Yeah, right, okay. At least she's at least she's made films, right? Good films. I'd say acclaimed right? is more appropriate than visionary, but, but is she a yeah. visionary? Yeah, with you know, Selma was was very very good. Let's not. Forget that. It's a very good film. It's not visionary. It, it, it's for a start off, it's based on a true story. It's a biopic. And it, it, if anything, it's it's reverse visionary. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's 
utter... It, it's madness now, these things. The Holy Grail of pop culture. What? Wait, the what? The who? What? Yeah. The... Huh? Yeah. Right. I know a lot of people like Ready Player One. Yeah. Who the fuck has ever said that is a holy grail of pop culture? Nobody. It, it's I... it's it's got a lot of pop culture references in it. I I, yeah, it's, I... It's, it, 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 it's it's like they don't know what the holy grail is, but they've heard the saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's almost like they mean the Rosetta Stone. No, not the Rosetta Stone, but... No, I, 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 it's a little bit more sense than the Holy Grail. Yeah, actually, yeah, because it's kind of like the thing that has it, like, that it kind of bleeds out from or something. And it's so, in a... Yeah, I, I don't know. Is it the Turin Shroud of pop culture? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It all, all made more sense than that. It's... Right, <laughs> right. Is and I'm probably gonna, I'm, I'm hopefully going to end up eating my words on this. Is Steven Spielberg the right guy to be directing this? It's a concern, isn't it? it which, which that's nothing to Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg is a very is is a fantastic director. Personally, I'm hit on miss with his films. I've only loved a certain amount of them, but there's no deny he's one of the best directors of all time in terms of what he does. Um, but he must be pushing 70 or in his 70s. Yeah. So, and his recent slate has been perfectly fine in terms of how good they've been, but it's hard, it's been movies that you could see a man of that age making. Mm. It it just seems like this, Ready Player One might have been, there's, there's a director who's this is, who that story was ideal for. That you kind of go, why isn't Edgar Wright making that? That's a good shout. You know, Um, why? And it just feels a little bit like with Spielberg. It's like, okay, yeah, he's he's gone to make that and he's gone, I want to make that. And with Spielberg, you do look at things and you go, right, he must have a reason to want to do that because he doesn't need to. So fair enough. And he's accomplished enough and good enough you know, he probably will make me eat my words on on this, and I'll look fucking stupid because I'll go, yeah, he's brilliant, and it is a little bit. What is it? But it just does make me think. Would I prefer to watch? Would I prefer to watch? Right, a Ready Player One directed by Edgar Wright and a Steven Spielberg doing, I don't know, something else. <laughs> yeah, probably. No. It's just. Just seems a weird one for him. I mean, let. But, but then he, he's working out of a comfort zone. Maybe he wanted that. And, and I mean, the thing is, I mean, like, if the people around him are are younger, I know it sounds really horrible to say, but no, you can say it. If you know, if the production designer like has a sense of that, then. Great. I mean, it depends what the, the the virtual world looks like because if it if it looks like eighties land, I, you know, I think Spielberg could probably knock that shit out of the park. 
Absolutely, he's perfect for that. But it's like the the kind of the synchronized getting in the cars and slamming the door kind of thing. It's like, what 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 exactly is this? Mm. And and then it's got like that really actually cool looking car like chase action sequence thing. Um, we need to see more. Yeah. Um, but the dystopian fucking world in which it's set looks very very derivative but Alan, Alan, Alan Silvestri is doing the contract yeah because yeah, um, cause Spielberg's got a film coming out like an Oscar season film The Papers which John Williams is scoring but then he's got Ready Player One coming out a few months after that he's doing that again um, because Spielberg's fucking mental Um so, is it along with um, Hanks and Street? Yeah, that's it, yeah. Um, so Williams is scoring that, and Sylvester, Sylvester is scoring this. And to be fair, if you were going to get someone to score a, a film about someone obsessed with the 80s, Sylvester is probably your man. Yeah. Um, so, you know, good good, good on him. Um, but, yeah. Um, all right, yeah, a jury's out. Mm. Very much so. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, right. Oh, um, one other one I saw this week, Jigsaw, um, which... I, I watched this, yeah. Fine. I, I don't know, like, great, Saul's back. Yeah, it, it's like, did anyone actually want it back? No, no. No. No, um, yeah, I, 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 whatever. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, not bothered. <laughs> Fuck man, there was like seven or eight Saw films. Like, how and I, and I, and I saw them all. So I, yeah, I think I saw them all as well. Yeah. Um, just, I don't need to see another one. How the fuck did that happen? <laughs> so weird that James Wan did the first Saw film. And it's a good film. It's a good film. It's it is a good film. film. That's it's, so fucking weird. It's a film that kind of made him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... God, I still remember the Guardian's five star review of Saw back in the day saying if you like seven, this is eight. Oh like, god, yeah. Like that's some fucking gold that is. That was yeah. I imagine that writer just wrote that and then took the rest of the day off. Like yeah. that's that's super duper. He closed his laptop and went not not better than this today. Yeah. <laughs> Skipped home. Funny, we're going out for dinner. Fuck's sake, that's funny. Um, but yeah, so there you go. Um, anything else? Um, the trailer for Bright. Mm. Uh, Indeed. David Ayer. Um, well, the David Ayer fantasy uh, um, crime thriller. <laughs> Is this out yeah. on Netflix December 23rd? 22nd. Is it 22nd? Fuck, man. If that's a bloody yeah. Friday and that basically... Oh, fuck, I'm going to get drunk and watch that. I am going to get drunk as shit. Mate, I am going to get drunk as shit and watch that at home. Just Christmas Friday. Oh, fuck. Bloody hell. And it's the 25th on the Monday, so literally yeah. that'll be last day of work. Oh, that is glorious. Uh, did you watch this trailer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, looks, I'm, I'm all over it. It looks brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Will, Will Smith beating a fairy up using using a broom. Oh, f- 
fuck, that's going to be good. Yeah. Um, that Friday uh, night is going to be the best Friday night. Oh, my days. Uh, Rebel in the Rye. Um, sorry if JD Salinger looks like I might watch it at some point. Is of course not yet to... Paul Dano's directorial debut. I think it is. No, I think that's that one. Rebel in the... I don't think... Somebody's directing this. Like, someone known. Some other. I'm going to double check. Uh, Danny Strong. That's him. The, the the fucking one who wrote a like recount and like he's a bit yeah. of he's a bit of hot shit and he was um some guy in Buffy back in the day as well. He was indeed, yes. What the fuck's Paul uh, Dano doing? Paul Dano's doing something. Paul Dano is doing something, isn't he? Yeah. Um shit, what about watching Paul Dano the other day? I can't remember. Um Ocha? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, the right is yeah uh, Nicholas Holt playing JD Salinger with Kevin Spacey in it as well. Um, that Danny Strong has maybe one of the greatest credits of all time in pop star Never Stop Never Stopping. <laughs> What's the credit? That's... Perspective manipulator. <laughs> oh, I, I don't remember that actually. Yeah. 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 Um, and the last one is uh, what's I'm trying to look. Paul uh, Dano is directing a film called Wildlife, ah, starring um, Jake Gyllenhaal and Kerry Mulligan. Yeah, that's the one. All right yeah. then. Uh, and also, there was a trailer for the new Pacific Rim game. Are you being sarcastic? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I could yes. tell then. Uh, apparently it's going to be available on Xbox in 2018 and I think they're going to fucking show it you're going to be able to play it in a cinema it would seem oh, uh, really? which, is just, okay. which is just weird yeah yeah what the fuck <laughs> yeah I mean that's I, is it a trailer though it's a teaser but it's still it, it didn't tease me it bored me <laughs> it made me look at it and go oh oh there's, there's a there's a straight-to-DVD version of Pacific Rim coming out. Oh, and it's starring that guy from... from what is it? Um, from Star Wars. I... I Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm going to watch it. I'll watch it. It just... That teaser looks like an Xbox game. It does. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. It's a um, teaser, mate, so we can... I'll, I'll wait until the first trailer comes out. Because uh, uh, from anything you see, John Boyega, you kind of, you, 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 I'm rooting for him, but he ain't making it fucking easy. <laughs> no, um, well, he's got Detroit, Detroit. Detroit. Detroit looks good, and I'm hoping that that makes me go, oh, thank God, he, he does have something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't carry him out yet. But no, I see what you mean, but um, I don't know. He's a more interesting lead than Charlie Hunnam probably was in Pacific Rim, maybe. I like Pacific Rim. I like, no, I, hey, I like Pacific Rim. Come on now, come on now. I'm not saying that. It's just, Hunnam did his job and he was fine. Boyega might have a bit more going on there. That's all we'll I'm see. saying. We'll see. Based on Boyega in. In what's it? In the circle. circle. 
Yeah, I, I, I doubt it. <laughs> oh, no one came out of the circle smelling of fucking roses. No, nobody did, did they? <laughs> Fuck it. The fucking circle. Jesus the circle. Christ. Um, God, That's it. I'm done for trailers. <laughs> yeah, so am I. Man, the cir- what the fuck was James Ponsolt doing? Um, at least it was a Netflix fucking film over here anyway. Right. Um, okay, so we're like 50 minutes in. <laughs> Or, or something like that. Probably not, actually, because we did a bit of chat before the, the before recording. Um, so, Dunkirk is directed by Christopher Nolan. Stars Fionn Whitehead. Stars Harry Styles. It stars um, Mark Rylance, Kenneth Branagh, uh, Tom Hardy, Killian Murphy, and others. Dunkirk. It's the story of Dunkirk. It's uh, not going to dress it up. Not very nice things happen in it. You know, people are fucked. People get fucked through the film. And then some, uh, you know, a lot of guys make it out alive. And Hans Simmer seems to think he's scoring the new Blade Runner film at times. <laughs> um, Dunkirk. It's an interesting one, is Dunkirk, because it doesn't really feel like a summer blockbuster, and yet it's out in like the height of summer blockbuster season, and is directed by a summer blockbuster man, and yet feels almost art house. Um, it's an interesting beast, and I am rather fucking primed and pumped to hear what Mark thought about it. Yeah, well, um, I went to see it on uh, 35mm, um, which I think is, I, I mentioned in that not to fucking to show off and get people to go, I saw on 35mm, would you like to touch me? Uh, it is more because I have a feeling that visually there was a, a, there's a difference because it was, it's, it's on, it's on, not, it, it's, it wasn't projected on new film stock, it's on, um, old film stock so it's I did mention this to Ian I said that the strange thing is it, it it did take me a couple of minutes to kind of go oh oh I forgot what watching film on film looks like mm. wow okay this is this is strange okay yes I'm liking this and it, it felt right for this movie I am interested I might go and see it again in digital to see the difference because I have a feeling it looks crisp as fuck on digital mm. um so yeah, um, it's, it's it's very interesting what you said there about the fact that it, it's it it's for all intents and purposes it's a summer blockbuster that's not actually a summer blockbuster because for a start off it it only cost a hundred million which sounds insane but that is literally half or even a hundred and fifty percent cheaper than some of the summer blockbuster movies we're gonna get that we've had and we'll get and how much they cost now. You know, a hundred million isn't actually, that's low end blockbuster money, mm-hmm. you know? So that's interesting. You can see why it only costs that. You've not got a lot of big stars to pay in it. You've not got a huge amount of special effects um, in there in comparison to the majority of other, what would be considered blockbusters. But yeah, it's Nolan is a, he has so much, critical and financial cachet um, as a director now that he can go in and sit down and go, right, 
I would like to make a war film, and you and I, I need this much money to do it. And they go, all right, cool, yeah, like a war film, like like Saving Private Ryan kind of war film. No. What's it about? It's, it's about Dunkirk, the evacuation. Oh, so it's going to be all about how... It's going to be like this. Oh, that sounds really bleak. And he's gone, it's not exactly a happy thing, Dunkirk. Yeah. And they've gone, do you know what? Okay, do it. Do it. Because they know that it's probably going to make its money back. It's probably not going to make 500 million, but it's they're not trying to make 500 million. But they've gone, but critically, when you come out of it looking fantastic, we've let this guy make what seems like quite a, a personal movie to him. For him. And that's what Nolan seems to do. He does these personal movies now. He's he's done the, the franchise thing. It made a lot of money. It was critically well received. Now he essentially has got every few years, he's got the pick of what he wants to do. It's seeming like he might want to do Bond. Maybe not the next Bond, but the one after is what I could see him doing. Mm. I could see him going, I don't want to touch the last Daniel Craig Bond, but I will spearhead the Tom Hardy Bonds. Mm-hmm. And that kind of seems like what they're looking at now. Um, whether or not they'll look at it and go, do you know what? Do you know what, Daniel? If you don't want to do it, don't do it, because we've now got Nolan, and he's going to bring along Tom Hardy. How we're going to put Bond in a mask for the majority of the film, we don't know, but we'll work out. Um, yeah, Dunkirk is bleak <laughs> as fuck. Um, and Nolan is doing some really fucking interesting things in terms of story narrative in the fact that, remember we are all spoilers all the time, guys, in the fact that you've got three separate stories being shown interspersed with each other, and some are happening before others and some are happening after others, but some timelines are moving quicker than other timelines and some timelines are moving slower than other timelines. So it, as the story is, it's kind of almost twisting itself out of... It's like it's been screwed up and it's twisting itself out so it will then become back in shape and that's where you're going from that. And it, it, obviously, it's not the first time that um, Nolan has fucked around with storytelling and linear storytelling, the way things work. He, he enjoys that kind of aesthetic, and it, it works very well here. It also, you can see why he's not brought in established stars apart from in the more authoritarian roles. It, it's no coincidence that you've got Branner is is, you know, he's he's essentially there as the guy who is controlling all of this. Therefore, you can have Kenneth Branagh there. You can have this recognisable face and this, you know, this theatre actor. You can also, you can have Hardy as, like, the dashing kind of hero of the skies. And you can have Mark Rylance as the, you know, the caring kind of father figure who's just doing his duty because he can no longer fight to do his duty. You know... He maybe miss he, he maybe he's trying to pay penance for the fact for something in the first world war or something like that. You know there's something going on there, um, but interspersed with that, you've got all of these young men who you don't really recognise. Yes, you've got Harry Styles there, and that's a thing, but it, it works so well and it's handled so well, and the fact that there's virtually you know no dialogue is incredible. It gets you sat on the edge of your seat going, 
Right. How does this all work? Yeah. Um, I, it's it's a fucking stunning achievement, I think. Mm. Um, I really, really, really want to try and go see it again, but there's an awful lot of stuff out at the, at the moment and coming out in the next couple of weeks that I want to catch. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see there, but um, it's the, the the thing is, I mean, it's it's a war film, but if you were going to categorize it after war, like I I think you would probably say a horror film. It's um, it's certainly to an extent. It's yes, yeah, I think you could I think you could absolutely argue that. Yeah, it is fucking terrifying in moments, um, mm. and a lot of that is due to the sound now. I I saw it in digital, but I saw it in Dolby Atmos, mm. and that was intense. Like, I'm yeah, guessing. like the gunshots in this film are the loudest fucking sustained thing I think I've ever heard in a cinema, and I'm I've I've seen I've heard other reports of that. Yeah, that it is fucking terrifying and the 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 sound design is insane like i've been listening to the the hans zimmer score at work um over the last um a day or two and the fact that so much of that could be could be thought of as just like sound effects but but is actually work that Zimmer is doing. And while it's almost a silent film in terms of no dialogue, there's always something there. And it, it it's this fucking atmosphere of foreboding, which barely lets up until... I, I, all spoilers all the time. Mm. When, like, all the ships come in. Yeah. And then it, it kind of raises a bit. And then it gets tense again. And then it raises again when, like, Hardy comes in and, and shoots. I mean, fuck, I thought it was going to cut to black on the shot of, of Kenneth Branagh, like, looking up and that sound. I thought it was just going to cut there. Yeah. And, like, which would have been fucking insane. Uh, but they, they don't do that. And I... I'm assuming it is Nolan's vision to have that kind of like kernel of like hope in it at the end. And I suppose after the experience that this film is for the preceding like hour 35 or so, maybe audiences just need that. Yeah. I I think that was, that was absolutely intentional. I think it it was the, the moments of levity start to happen when you've got the three set of stories ending and it, it kind of, you've got two of them ending very kind of one of them ending quite in a weird positive um, with uh, Branagh's character staying. And then you've got the, the strangers of the, the C version of it ending as well with that almost, there's a weird kind of melancholy to it. And then you've got what happens to Hardy. It, It all, it's such a, it's shaking you. I think the entire film is kind of shaking you, and then occasionally it stops shaking you, and you go, "Ah!" Oh, and then it'll just give you a little nudge. 
Yeah, I mean, I... I almost wanted it to end on the Branner thing, just to be a... Right. Dunkirk was not a victory. And it's... It doesn't paint it as a victory in the end. And I think that it's an honest and heartfelt tribute to the just sheer survival that all these people went through. It is. I think it's... The one thing I, I, I would say, it isn't a criticism of it, but the one thing I would say is, uh, on a historical level, I, I'm not sure it, it quite gets over the scale of achievement that that fucking thing was. I I don't, yeah. I mean, the thing is, the, the film... It, it's the film not doesn't, trying to top it's not top trying to stand. Yeah, so, it's not trying to do that. So it, 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 I, it's not a criticism. I think you can label at the film because I don't think it's ever trying to do that. I don't think its intentions were ever um, to do that. And I mean the fact that you've got Harry Styles there at the end as well, and his character did some pretty fucking rough shit in that film. Um, just to check. He is the one who was basically like, yeah, fucking kill the French kid. Killed, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah so, yeah, you've got him there as well, almost as like a reminder that, you know, there was some pretty fucking gnarly shit that happened here. Even though, to be fair, if you were in his position, like, let's we all we all we all say what what we would do and we'd all like to be, we would all like to have the bravery of the guy who is like look don't fucking don't yeah. don't kill him like you know but human nature is such that if you were ever tested in that situation it would take very character i'm not entirely sure i have if i'm absolutely honest um it, it, like if it came down to that if i looked at myself would I be the person who stands up for that guy? And I can sit here with my view of history and how it all went down and say, oh, of course I'd stand up for him. Of course I would. And But I can't honestly 100% say in that situation I would do that. So the fact that Harry Styles, and I don't think anyone could, you know. And yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I completely agree yeah, on if that. You're, yeah. if, you've not, if you've not actually had that situation and your adrenaline's not running, who's to say what you would do? That's all I'm saying. I'd like to think I would, but I, it's just like, if I'm honest with myself, I couldn't guarantee that. I'd like to think I would. But the fact that Harry Styles is there seems to be an indication there that, you know, for all the, like, jam and toast and giving these guys beer, there are people coming back who made decisions to save their own skins, which many people in the audience would have as well. Yeah. And I, I think that's an interesting, very quiet, ballsy move by Nolan there. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um. And it, it. So that's the thing. I mean, there's the thing that wows, genuinely wows me about this film is the fact that it's got this grand sweep to it, and thousands of extras, and real planes crashing in the sea, and all you know, all that stuff. But it's, I don't know, it's not an action film. It's a a fucking survival kind of horror film. And I I, like, like I I was saying last year. Sorry, go on. 
If misery was a genre, this would be a misery film. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, man. It's the the experience of it. Because I mean, Christ, I went to see it ten o'clock on Friday night, so I was I was a little bit tired, but I just I wanted to see Dunkirk, mm. and I I was a bit I I could have seen it the next day, but I was just like I want to go see it, and I was a little bit worn out even when it started. And by the end of it, I just kind of felt like I'd been through the ringer. And which, I think, which is what the film's trying to do, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and I like I, I felt dazed, and it's the technical proficiency of the film, but also the fucking like the the visual storytelling going on. And I mean, like Tom Hardy, everything's in his eyes. Rylance, everything is in what he's not fucking saying. It's in his face. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, I mean, Killian Murphy, who's apparently credited as Shivering so- Soldier, um, which is <laughs> which is stunning, uh, but, but appropriate, you know, like him. It's it's again. I don't think it's in his dialogue. It's how he's reacting to things, and I, I, it, it, I, the, the, the that is such a depiction of shell shock. I mean, it's fucking. It's. Genuinely troubling, I I think is Killian Murphy's performance in this film. It's it's a very it, it it's a very good performance. It's a performance that you kind of you expect from somebody as as um as kind of understatedly good as Killian Murphy is. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, quite. And I, it's not not in the slightest showboaty. And no, I, I I don't think it's ever in Killian Murphy's nature to be showboaty unless the character calls for it. Mm. He, he very much. He's one of those where you look back at it and go, I'm sure he's made a bad film. Has he ever been bad in anything? Mm, that's a question. I don't think he has. But, I mean, it, it's a film where I think... I wonder if this has ever happened as well, where it gets nominated for Best Picture and Best Director, doesn't get nominated in any categories or screenplay... But get, gets nominated Best Picture, Best Director, and a bunch of technicals. Yeah. Fuck it. You you, you could see them throwing it just to be Dick's best screenplay. <laughs> and everyone yeah. going, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't know how, but it, it's one of those ones where literally, if an Oscar vote is just going Dunkirk, 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 then yeah. then then maybe, but. Fuck, man. I genuinely don't I, know how I'd Nolan Hardy, makes a better film than this. I'd I, I give, I, I I, I give Hardy uh, a, a best support actor just for his shitty grin at the end when he's getting captured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just his, that, oh, yeah, you got me. Fuck that you. fucking shot of the plane going down and the propeller not fucking spinning and just the like the tracking shot of it. I, it, it, oh my god! And then just like the shots of all the crowds like waving, and it's just you know it's all extras. Yeah. There's no CG there. That's all people. Yeah. You know, I and fuck, man. I, I, it just, I don't know how he makes a more more complete film than this. It's yeah. It, it's it, it. It's so accomplished. It is a director who is so very aware of how good he is at directing films. Mm. It, 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 it is that. And it, it may sound 
obvious as a thing to say, but it's he's got in a similar way to the way Tarantino has a box of tricks. Tarantino has a box of tricks, and every time he does one, he shows you how he's done it, and he will tell you how he's done it, and he'll explain the trick, and that's what's brilliant about Tarantino. It is, and it's not. That's not a criticism at all. Um, but Nolan has got a box of tricks. But if you asked him how, it, how you know, how do you do that? He'd go, "Well, yeah." He's like, "Oh, fuck you." No, how did you do that? Well, this is how Michael Mann have done it. Yeah, I don't know how you did it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like that. And he's not. It. it, it it's that. It, it, he's. He's churning out these movies where every time you're thinking, is this the one? Is this the one that doesn't fucking land? You know, Dunkirk, you're going, going, so it's a war film that has virtually no action, virtually no speaking, has Harry Styles in it, but Christopher Nolan doesn't really know who Harry Styles is, it would appear, and has no major, major stars. You know, when you look at Sorry, Mark, I do apologise, mate. Two, two seconds. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Uh, I'll have pasta if that's all right. I'm going to do the honey and mustard. Is that okay? Oh, thanks, son. Sorry. Um, uh, sorry, dude. Thank you. Um, sorry, say again? Yeah, so, so you know, it had no, it has, you know, whereas, for instance, Inception had Leonardo DiCaprio, biggest star in the world at the time, you know, still is one of the biggest actors, biggest draws in the world. And then, you know, Interstellar had McConaughey in there. It, this doesn't, it has very much character actors. And you know that Hardy, yes, he's going to turn up and look dashing and what is it, on the red carpet. And people know Killian Murphy is and Matt Rylance is weirdly a guy in his 60s, but his star is on the rise. Mm. There's these things. But the poster isn't a picture of Hardy. It's a picture of a guy that no one knows. Yeah. Yeah, that's lovely. It's the film. No one's almost selling the film not on his name. He's going, this is the story of Dunkirk. Oh, why should I go and watch it? Just fucking Google Dunkirk. That's why you should go watch it. Mm. And he's, that's 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 it. And it, it, it's fascinating to see what he's going to do next. I... D- <sighs> I mean, oh God, does he do Bond? It's just the fact that they've announced the release date, they haven't announced the director, and they haven't said if Craig's back. Like, uh, and and very recently, um, I think actually just after the premiere of Dunkirk, uh, somebody asked Nolan, and he'd said that you know that Bond isn't something he'd he'd necessarily say no to, and then later on in the in the day said, I think Tom Hardy would make a spectacular Bond. Fuck man, I mean, like Christ. I just want him to do one Bond film. One. Yeah. You know, three years of Nolan's life, get a Bond film done, or two years, and then move on to something else. I just wanted to see him do one. Yeah. And the thing is, you, you could see Hardy going, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll sign on for three. And then, and then turn around Nolan in the same room and going, I'm only going to do one. And I'm going, we saw you do that, Tom. And him go, no, I'll do three. Fuck man, nah, but like get get him to do one, get Thomas Alfredson to do one, and yeah. and, and and some someone else. That, you know what I mean? You could you could see them if they want to go for 
if, if they want to go for someone like Hardy, they could see him saying to Hardy, right, we want you to be bonding and going, all right, I want to put the directors, I want Nolan to do the first one, and then I want to put the next two. And then the third one going, is everyone ready for a, what's it? Um, winding refing. Well, winding refing, fucking hell. Or a um, Mad Max shit, why is his name? George Miller. Uh, Bond. Oh, Christ. I, yeah, I mean, it's, fuck, man. Like, that would be too much. That it would was. be fucking hell. Um, but, yeah, Dunkirk. Um, Definitely not shit. It's it's some it is something else that film. Um, yeah, it, it, it's incredible, and and we don't usually do this, but I think we could. I think we'll both agree on this. If you have the time and you can get out to see it in a cinema, it is an experience seeing it in a cinema. Yeah, I mean, like I am very much looking forward to the four K, mm. um, because if it, if it's anything like Nolan's past IMAX stuff. The, the Blu-ray and the 4K will have the expanded frame for that stuff. And yeah. Interstellar, I, I re-watched Interstellar last week on Blu-ray with 4K stuff. And bloody hell, the... the, the, the uh, no, no, not 4K, uh, the IMAX stuff. And the, the, just the clarity of that image is, is something else. But yeah, if if it was financially feasible and like kind of logistically feasible for me to see it in IMAX 70 I would see it in IMAX 70 yeah I I, I, I would I, I was still contemplating I, I can't have, uh, I was contemplating going on Friday um, but I, just, I can't work out times and things like that I mean like so it, 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 I'm a little bit good stories of like the, the science museum in London played it in, in IMAX 70 and they had technical problems on Friday it's like if I literally go there for one show and then the projector fucks up, it it, mm. it just it, it like I I don't know I'd lose it. So I, I worked out and went counting how much I paid to go and see it the other night and then going and doing all that. There is a hundred pound a little bit excessive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, I do kind of feel bad that I did it for the Hateful Eight and I'm not doing it for Dunkirk because it's great as the Hateful Eight looked. That film is largely set in one location. Yeah, but I think that was like a road show. It was more like the experience of that was yeah. different. It was a it was a different thing. This is just a film that is being projected in that. that that's true. I mean, like we got the um, we got like the interlude, and we got that road show like book and shit like that as well. So you know, yeah, yeah no. where, where the only the only the people who went to see that roadshow of it saw that version of the film yeah yeah i haven't watched the hateful eight since actually i'm kind of intrigued to see how they um how they like do that shit or if they just don't do the like recapping what had happened before still recaps sorry still recaps so what do we miss then just like the intermission bit yeah brief intermission literally a few seconds about 15 seconds and then it comes back in Oh, is that what it is? Right, okay, so, right, fair enough. Okay, but you don't get, like... Because there's, like, a score over the intermission and whatnot, isn't there? Yeah, it's um, it's, a, it's a great film. It, it holds up really well, second watch. Yeah, I, I, I need to get the blue of that at some point. There, there's some extra... Is Wasn't there, like, isn't the 70mm version a bit... The Roto version a bit longer than yeah, the about, standard cut? It's about six minutes longer, I think. Yeah, so what the fuck is in that, then? Okay, the interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it, it 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 was a bit longer. Fuck man. Yeah, I need to rewatch Hateful Eight. Um 
Yeah, uh, definitely not shit. We'll we'll be talking about it again come year end, I reckon. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Paul, uh, the Paul came up definitely not shit. Eighty five percent touching cloth, five percent, and then shit ten uh, percent. Dan, fuck off. <laughs> Fucking Dan. <laughs> um. So. Right, I don't know how long we're going to take on peaks. To be honest, I, I, I have very little to chat about in what you what I've been watching, so that'll maybe take me five minutes. <laughs> okay, Twin Peaks episodes ten, uh, nine, ten, and eleven. Yep. So, uh, much more narratively straightforward than episode eight. Yep. Um, interesting shit. What's going on with that girl's scratchy arm? Yeah. That was in episode nine, I think, and it's it was not end been, of episode nine. And it's not been raised again. Yep. Um what's going Jerry on with Horn. Diane? Jerry Horn talking to his foot. Oh mate, I, I am not your foot and I am not your foot and then he like he try to lift it up. <laughs> like, seriously, I if I, it, I hope it, I hope that the Jerry Horn thing has nothing to do with anything. That literally the whole thing is just he's got baked and lost. And then the last episode, he just arrives back uh, at the uh, Great Northern. And they go, and Ben just turns around, looks at him and goes, what? Where have you been? And he just goes, Don't ask. <laughs> yep. I, I think you're right. Um, I mean, Dr. Jacoby, what, like, it kind of feels like we're just going to get random monologues by him every now and then. Yeah. They're going to have nothing to do with anything. Which is fine. Um, so, I mean, I suppose the stuff that is actually more kind of, um, is more plotty. Um, I mean, this last one had more from Amanda Seyfried. Yeah. Um, I was very, very, very annoyed on Twitter on Monday morning that I read that um, James and Shelley had gotten together, uh, which I suppose, looking back on Shelley saying James was always like James was always cool, yeah, is not much of a surprise. But I, I was surprised in like I was surprised when I read it, yeah. And, but Bobby is doing, I mean, um, fucking Dana Ashbrook, he's doing the best sad, like, I fucked up the relationships in my life acting. Yeah. Um, it, it he, just, he, he, he's sorry. so much better this time around than he was the first time around. And he was yeah. very, he was, he was good at what he was doing last time. The evolution of Bobby, Bobby Briggs is a hell of a thing, man. Yeah. Um, and it just... The way that with Amanda Seyfried and Caleb Landry-Jones, it's almost like history is repeating, except Caleb Landry-Jones... I mean, Bobby killed a guy, but Caleb yeah. Landry-Jones is worse. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, just... I He doesn't always do this, Caleb Landry-Jones, but if you were to, like pick a guy who fits the word scuzzy yes it would be him in this yeah he, he, he is he's he's a straight he, 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 I think Killer Jones is a brilliant character actor I think he is but you get the feeling that 
if he wanted to, he, he could end, he could look as as scuzzy as he can make himself look and as weird as he can make himself look. You imagine that he could also make himself look really fucking like shit. He looks like hot shit and dashing and handsome and everything. I think he's got that kind of vibe that he could do both if he wants to. He's just more interested in playing these broken characters. It, it's it's the Dane DeHaan model of um, you could look weird and the loner and geeky and threatening, but you can also look a little bit James Deeney. Yes. You yeah. Know, that that yeah. Um, but no, I mean, like he's 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 doing some good stuff in this. Um, yeah, I just it's it feels like mid season stuff. Yeah, it feels like it's kind of going, right, we're going to grab these bits. Um, Right, this is where we're starting to pull the strings a little bit tighter and everything's starting to make sense. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I'm a little bit confused as to what's happening with Diane. Yeah, the the kind of almost double agent-iness of her. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Like, it... It, it, I, I don't know. It kind of feels like is Golden Cole like testing her now, um, like yeah. with with kind of revealing certain things and maybe seeing if it gets back to Bad Coop or something like that. Maybe I, I, it's it's very unsettling that because when Diane first came into it, it was totally just you felt like some bad shit had gone down between her and Bad Coop. Yeah, and you you, you, uh, you kind of got the feeling that she she'd be in it, but not as much as she has, maybe. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There's totally. I, I'm yeah. also quite surprised how much Albert's in it for a couple of reasons. One, because he's grown as a character, and um, two, because Miguel Pereira's you know longer with us. Well, that and I mean, how much Lynch is in it? Yeah, like, and how big a. How bigger? What is it? The I mean, the scene the most in in part twelve of half or part eleven, where you've got then him at the at the that derelict house, almost getting pulled in at the stuff, and then you've got the the homeless man kind of appearing and disappearing. And you can see what's happening there, and Diane's kind of watching it happen, but not saying anything. It's fucking. It's still that was that was creepy as fuck. No, yeah. I, speaking of that, um, it, I'm I'm sad that that's probably it for Matthew Lillard. Yeah. Um, I mean, shit, that's some fucking gnarly makeup effects there. But um, I his scene, like interrogation scene that he does with Tammy. Yeah. Like was incredible. It was because it, it it's it, he's I think. It works so well when you understand the Twin Peaks world, that performance. It, outside the world, it could look a little bit OTT, but it's just, he's basically going, I've seen shit, and I don't, and I, and I wanted to see shit, but I didn't want to see that shit. And it's, it, it's completely fucking broken him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah it, was, it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, I, it's, um, that, yeah, I don't know. It kind of, Maybe his character didn't have much more to to go. Like. There was there was a, a really a good scene that, that I enjoyed. Uh, I think it was I think it was in part nine. Um, or it might have been, in, might have been part ten, 
where Dan goes out for a cigarette and Tammy and um, Gordon Cole go out as well. Mm. And for some reason, uh, Christabel is just kind of standing, looking at Diane, but just keeps on moving a, a position around and just keeps yeah, just keeps reshuffling her way. And you kind of look at it going, right, that is absolutely Lynch has told her to do that. Mm-hmm. That's not how a normal person stands. <laughs> and it, it, she's got all of these weird quirks as a character that you can tell the actress is bringing to it, but because Lynch has gone, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? Can you be doing this? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I remember the exact scene. It's almost weirdly like she's posing or something. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, over and over. And yeah. Dan's kind of looking at her as if in a normal thing she'd go, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but in this world, it, it it's almost normal. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. That, that's exactly it. Um, the some of my favourite stuff uh, in the whole thing is when they go uh, so far was the scene of them going to um, Bobby's mother's house. Oh yeah, that was great. Um, and they're going, you know, you've, you, you're a little bit late, but he said that this had happened, and Bobby's kind of face is going. He's done it again. Uh, he's done it again. He, he keeps doing this, and then the I know how to make. I know how to open it. Oh, and he's just slamming it on the floor. Yeah. And they're going, what? And he's going, I know how to open it. Just come outside. And you think it's going to be some kind of puzzle, and it's not. It's just you throw it, and then once the ringing stops, you throw it again. Uh, and you're thinking, at first you think when he throws it, he, he he's just. He's going. There's no trick to it. You've just got to smash it. And he lifts it up and holds it and goes, "Listen to it." And it's like there's some shit. That he he's Bobby Briggs' character. He's he's almost like he's having some cathartic shit happening in this. Uh-huh. There's some I never knew my dad stuff here. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I, it's um. I, I hope he's I hope he's in it more. Yeah, so far I think of the of the original cast. So far he's got the most interesting shit going on. I think. Well, yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, to be fair, out of the original cast, I mean, like Peggy Lipton is basically just kind of like staring and watching other people. Yeah. Um, you know, the against um, Gas Farm got mentioned. Fuck it, isn't Big Ed supposed to be in this series? Yeah. At like, some point he is. I, I mean, I, I, I... Fuck, man, is he still with Nadine? Like, it... it like, because she's... What, because she, she was the drip star? Yeah, and she's just, like, fucking watching Dr. Jacoby's broadcasts. I, I don't know, it's, it, that's interesting. But, yeah, um, I... Yeah, no, I mean, Dana Ashbrook is definitely... Him and... Uh, I, I've been impressed with um, how much Hawk has had to do as well. Yeah. Uh, that's That's been fun. Um, I, I I mean, shit, oh, the, the stuff with Andy and Lucy about the, the colour of the, uh, the, the furniture as well. Um, such a weird Lynch detour. Yeah, um, they've the, the, the basically gone, right... These guys were weird 20 years ago. Imagine how much fucking weirder they've got. Mm. It's just dialed up. 
I, I also like the fact that it kind of seems like Michael Sarah was probably a one scene and done. Uh, which I don't know. It's just, it's just amazing. I'm sure somebody. It, no, it's Robert Nepper and Belushi. Oh god, they were good. Yeah. When they're going on about Ike the Spike being gone, mm. and they're going about needing somebody else, they say the Brando guy. Shit! Did they really? They say the Brando guy. Oh fuck, that's good. It might be nothing, but it might be. It might just be a reference. And it might not come back, but they say to each other. We could get the Brando guy. I oh, kind yeah. of hope that's just an Easter egg that's not referenced again. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of hope it is as well. But yeah, the the scene of her trying to get that fucking that fly. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. In the face, and then later on she's just crying, and then later on she's just not listening to anybody. <laughs> mm. It's so. There's so much fucking happening. God, she fucking slams him with that phone. As well. Is it a phone? <laughs> it's a phone. Yeah, that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's that the whole stuff with the Belouche and, and yeah. Robert Nepper is it's just that. I really want to fucking kill him. Can you wait three hours? I just, I fucking hate yeah. him so much. <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. As we eat cereal at breakfast, and it's like. Two in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 amazing. I, I just fucking hate him so much. But um, the, the conclusion of that stuff as well with the cherry pie. I mean, just yeah. the the best. I mean, I have got, I've got no idea what Lynch is throwing out with this Dougie Jones stuff, but I'm fucking catching it. It's I'm I'm into. I just, I really, really, really want to see good coop. But I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I've I'm grown fond worried. of Dougie Jones. I'm getting worried that we've only got 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. We've only got eight episodes left and we've spent no time with Agent Dale Cooper. Yeah. That's worrying me. If it gets to it and we have one episode with Agent Dale Cooper, it's going to have to be fucking magnificent I, for I, me not to feel a little bit cheated. I'm kind of wondering if it's getting to the point where it might be he's got to choose between who does he want to be? Does he want to be Dougie Jones or does he want to be Dale Cooper or something like that? Like because he, he needs to be Dale Cooper. Yeah, no, absolutely, I agree with that. But it's like they're setting it up like everything is going his way. Like everybody seems to love him. Like everybody loved Dale Cooper. And but oh god, and by the way, the sex scene where it's almost like Naomi Watts is just inf- like inflating a, a Kyle McLaughlin airbed or something. It just like the way his arms are just like up, down, up, down, up, down. He's just got that smirk on his face. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's incredible. Um, but yeah, I agree. We, we, it would be so fucking weird if there was, I, I, I could see Lynch doing it. But it would yeah. almost be like he'd be trolling people, and that feels like anti what Lynch does. Anti what Lynch? Yes, yes, exactly. It's such a dichotomy that is. But I, we need, uh, yeah, we need Agent Dale Cooper. Mm. But I do, I do like Dougie Jones. I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm fine with him, but. If all we get is Dougie Jones, I will be a little bit like, do you know what? Fuck you, Dougie Jones. Sure, sure. I'd be a little bit like that. I'm I'm getting a little bit... uh, I'm fine with Dougie Jones, 
But if somebody said to me, right, you can have Dewey Jones and then episode 13, you're not going to anymore. I'd be like, I'm fine. I can get, I can enjoy him. But I'm so far looking at him going, yeah, that's fine. You're not fucking Dale Cooper though. Yeah, which is, which is an absolute fair comment. Um, is that it? I think that's it. Yeah, there's, there's, it's it's fantastic. It really is brilliant, and it is enthralling, and it is incredible that this is what we've got. I think it it, it, it really is something special. It's such a treat every Monday to be able yeah. to watch this. It's such a treat, and I'm going to be so sad when it's over. I I am, but also as well, I'm quite. I like the fact that we know that this is it. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean... I, I, I feel weird going, right, holy shit, is there going to be... If there's a season two, what if the same thing happens as the last one? Or what if David Lynch doesn't make it to making season two? It is done, though, isn't it? Like, he's not doing it anymore. Like, From, no, I, th- I think it, that's it. It, it, it. This is it. There won't be more. Okay, all right. But then again, Lynch could come out and go, I had an idea of that. <laughs> I, I, like, I'd be up for a Nepa Belouche spin-off. I, I'd be up for that, yeah. Like, fuck, man, just a, the Golden Nugget or whatever the fuck it's called. Like, I'd be all over that. Um, yeah, so, um, so seven weeks left because the last one's a two-parter. Two-parter. So, seven weeks. So that still takes us, like, well into September. Uh, 10th of September, 3rd of September is the last one. The 3rd of September? Yeah. Okay. All right. Double episode. Okay. All right. Well, we've still got the whole of August at least. Um, okay. So let's do some what we've been watching then. I know you said you've only got a few, Mark, but do you want to take it away? I can do, yeah. Um, so I watched uh, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. Mm. Um, you watched this and said that it was a piece of shit, didn't you, basically? What? No, I I think. Hang on, I'm gonna have to look it up. I think I like I remember aggressively not liking the like the first half hour or so, and then yeah, I and then I settled into that. it. Yeah, uh, it is it is shit. I was two and a half out of five, apparently. That uh, yeah, I, I would say that that's probably about right. Probably about right. It's just not very good. Mm. Um, yeah. It, it, it's not. People are trying. Nothing's working. Um, Adam Devine is nowhere near as funny as the film thinks he is. Um, Zephron's exactly as charming as the film thinks he is, but he doesn't get anywhere near enough time to be charming. And all of the people that it's going, look, this is the funny one. Laugh at them. You kind of go... Anna Kendrick feels completely wrong for this role and Aubrey Plaza's doing too much Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, um, Anna Kendrick was kind of miscast something fierce in that role, I think. Yeah, yeah, completely. It, it's it's just not very good. It's a film no one's going to remember and nobody cares about and everyone's forgotten about already, so there we go. Yep. Uh, another film that everyone's forgotten about already that I watched for some reason, I don't know why I watched this, but I did. It kind of, I was scrolling through what is it? Um, I can't remember, it's Netflix or Amazon Prime. I can't remember. I think it's Prime. And I was looking for like a comedy to watch because I was at work ridiculously early and I thought, I, I, I'm not actually supposed to start until 11 o'clock, but it's like 
quarter to eight and my store doesn't even open until 10 and I have nobody else in until 10. So I did all my bits that I need to actually open. Then we sat there going, I've got two hours. I've got coffee and an iPad. So I watched Brian Wars. Okay. Bride Wars is a terrible movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a punt at the running time here of Bride Wars. Seventy eight minutes. It, no, it's eighty nine minutes. Fuck. Why did I? I really, really had Bride Wars as seventy eight because like it was. I remember the print being really small. Yeah. Okay. It's not. It's not very good. There's nothing to say other than it's not very good, and it's a really weird film for Anne Hathaway to make at that time. <laughs> It really is. It it she's got a hum of I'm better than this all the way through it. Which kind of which kind of smacks in the face of Kate Hudson, who has a hum of this is my zone, this is where I excel. And and Hathaway is going, I'm doing this for the money. And it's also got Chris Pratt. Hmm, okay. Um which one is he the love interest of? Anne Hathaway. Okay. Uh, you don't get that much Chris Prattiness of him, um, but yeah, he's, it, 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 yeah, it's not very good. Uh, I also uh, watched the Lost City of uh, of Zed. Oh shit! How okay, right? I'm more. I know we skipped this because I was not feeling it at the time, but I really want to know what you think of this. It's really fucking good. Fuck yeah! I'm gonna have to watch that this weekend. Um, it's. It's two and a bit hours long, mm. uh, and it kind of feels like it's two and a bit hours long, but also it kind of feels like this movie should be two and a bit hours long. Um, James Gray is is basically going, I can't believe somebody's giving me the money to make this. Mm. Right, okay, this might never happen again because it's not like in his brain he's gone, there's no way this fucking film's making money. It's about a British explorer that virtually nobody fucking knows about. It's starring not a huge star, um, global star in, in Charlie Hunnam. Uh, Robert Pattinson, you wouldn't recognise Robert Pattinson in it at all. Um, and it, it, it's, a, it's a tough ass to watch. You know, it's about Percy Fawcett, who was a um, major in the army, um, who has, his family has a checkered past, uh, and he gets basically instilled to go and um, draw up the map dividing line between Bolivia and Brazil and stumbles upon what he thinks is a lost civilization that would... Um, disprove the idea that the indigenous people are just savages, that they actually had the ability to form a society, which was kind of scoffed by the um, British society of the time, uh, and he keeps on going back a few times uh, with Robert Pattinson, who plays um, uh, Costin. Um, he's kind of his aid on these uh, um, journeys, Um Robert Pattinson is fantastic in this. Nice. He's genuinely fantastic in this. Hunnan is he is trying to, he's very good in it, but as always, a little bit similar 
um, to Keanu Reeves when Keanu Reeves is in anything with Charlie Hunnan, you've got to get used to the fact that his voice, he's got a weird voice. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, from watching him in Sons of Anarchy over seasons, you've got used to him having that voice. And now for me, that is his voice. He straight up has a fucking weird voice, though, doesn't he? Yeah, but even when you just listen to him talk, he's got such a hodgepodge of accents that when you hear him do an accent, it's kind of weird. It's almost like every accent he does, he absorbs and becomes part of his actual voice. It's like the thing of vocal coaching. It is. It is a little bit like that. Franco Nero plays a rubber baron in this movie. Okay. Who has an opera in the middle of the jungle. Shut the front door. Are you serious? Honestly, I I promise you there's an opera going on in the middle of the jungle. And Franco Nero is the baron, is the rubber baron that is running this opera. Who is sat there. Why why am I not watching this now? Sorry. So you've got Franco Nero sat there being fanned by an Indian as he has two children sat next to him and you're going I don't know if they're his kids or he's got those kids for other reasons oh wow and it's not explained it's part fucking Fitzcarraldo part um, it, honestly it's part Fitzcarraldo part Apocalypse Now and part kind of BBC Explorer period time drama all rolled into one. Christ. And then Tom Holland turns up for the last twenty minutes. Uh yeah, I'm gonna I'm yeah it's, I'm I'm on it. I'm, I'm visually on it. I'm on it. It looks it looks fucking brilliant. The storytelling is fantastic. His relationship with his wife is brilliant, played by Sina Miller, in the fact that it's kind of established that I mean, this film is is set, you know, it, it's it's set in the turn of the century and runs right the way through to like 1923. So it's set up like 20 years. Mm. Um, and, but it's very much established straight away that they have a relationship that's different to normal relationships at the time, that she's a very independent woman and is a, is a very strong personality of her own, which in turn of the century Britain was almost unheard of, especially within the society that they're dealing in. And there's a great scene where she's telling him this, and he's going, I know, but... And I, 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 and that is what we have, but you also have to accept the fact that I, I don't want you doing this, because it's not because I don't think you can do it because you're a woman, it's because I don't want you to do it because you're my wife. And it is a fantastic scene. It's it, it he gets caught up in the madness of it, but he never goes mad. And everyone just kind of gets caught up in his passion for it. it it's very, very good, is what I'll say. I'm, I'm watching it this. I'm watching it before the next show, bud. Yeah, I I bought it for nine ninety nine on, on iTunes, and I'm very glad I did, and I'm very glad I watched it. But honestly, Hudson is very good at what. Doing what he does once you get past it's it's not his accent's bad or anything. It's just his weird talking, like Keanu Reeves is. Pattinson is brilliant. Right, it is weirdly fourteen ninety three on Blu-ray. Am I should I be blind buying this? 
if if you're wanting physical, I, I'd say I'd say yeah, it's worth getting. If you're wanting to go on iTunes, nine ninety nine is easily worth your money. It looks fucking great as well. Just stunning look. Some of the the jungle shots are magnificent. You think it'd be worth a blind buy as opposed to a rental? I would, but yeah, I, it, it's fucking great. It is really good. It's a good. It's it, 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 it's it, it's and it's not. It isn't bogged down. It's not a hard watch. It's a pleasant watch. It it it, it verges on being a romper point, but like a weird kind of romp. <laughs> James Gray is a fucking great director, is what I'll say. Okay, I'm going to rent it. I'd say maybe rent. If I like it, then it will be on a 5 for 30 at some point in the next six months, I'd say. Yeah, if it was a tenner to buy, I'd be saying yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of feeling that. It's beyond that 9.99 in that I could see why some people might not get on with it. But I don't see, if anyone says it's, it's not very good, it's a bit like, no, 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 you're wrong. You just didn't get on with it. Hmm. Okay. All right. I can. Yeah. Yeah. Also, as well, it's got um, Angus McFadden doing dickhead very well. Oh. Okay. That sounds yeah, good. Yeah. Really fucking well. Fuck it. Frank O'Neill just sat, just having fun, just kind of looking at them, look, looking at uh, Charlie Hunnam and Robert Pattinson is brilliant. Uh, yeah, you you very much sold this to me, man. He's not even in it that much, but it, it's worth it. When I saw his name up in the credits, I thought, oh, he's playing somebody cool. Do you know what? I just realised I think we reviewed Power Rangers instead of this. <laughs> but, yeah, but we enjoyed Power Rangers. We did enjoy Power, Power Rangers. Power Rangers, you, I, I remember you actually said, you actually said, Look, we'll do either. What do you want to do? And I think I said at the time, we're doing Power Rangers because it, it was your childhood and we need to do that. That's true. I, I, I think I said to you, I, I I don't want you to not see that movie in the cinema because of me. And I still stand by that. You Yeah, you're half glass filling that shit. I'll be honest, man. When I see Power Rangers for like a tenner on 4K, I'm picking it up. I, I, I'm going to happily watch that when it arrives on Netflix in December. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. Um, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, Go on then, what have you been watching? Okay, so, I, I, I mean, I, I briefly mentioned Interstellar in, in the Dunkirk review. Um, yeah, that, that flick's fucking masterful. Like, hey. that is, a, that's a fucking stunning film. Um, but yeah, it's Interstellar. Um, rewatch Beauty and the Beast got to say that beast cg is already looking a little bit uh ooh the bit where he's running around or the bit where he's just stood mate i tell you what right the thing is his hair it's like his hair is in clumps which doesn't work very well also his clothes look cg straight up look cg and that makes the whole effect uh, like dampened Ah, that's interesting. And the thing is, I think maybe War of the Planet of the Apes has spoiled me slightly. It could be that, yeah. Um, but yeah, that it doesn't look as good. That film still works better than it has any fucking right to overall. Good. Um, and Donna fucking loved it. So, oh, good. Yeah, no, like... Good, she, because 
good because we're not target audience for that movie, and we both really liked it, didn't we? Yeah. We were both very charmed by it. I get the feeling Donna Moore is the target audience for that. Yeah, yeah, no, which is, yeah, it's it, like she's got an affinity for Beauty and the Beast. and Exactly well, yeah. that. So, yeah, no, she was hard in for Beauty and the Beast. So, yeah, it was a, a, a pleasure to watch it with her, I must say. Um, okay, so, well, you know this is going to be good. So, you know... You know, uh, cinemas do like kids club kind of things, or like cinema call it movies for juniors, where it's like a couple yeah. of quid, and it's usually an older film. Yes. When it's a brand new film released that weekend, and they're doing it in the movies for juniors, alarm bells ring. Was it Rock Dog? No, Monster <laughs> Island. So I took Lottie no, to see nice that though. at the weekend. So no, it wasn't Rock Dog. No. Um, so, basically, I saw in the Cineworld listings that it was on. I showed Lottie the trailer. I was like, do you want to see that? She was like, yeah. I'm saying, okay, cool. So, basically, a kid goes to school. His dad gets him to breathe in some weird asthma inhaler thing once a day, and he doesn't know why. It's just because it's his dad. Or is it? He's actually a paedophile. That's the twist. Um, no. Oh, I thought it was. <laughs> no, 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 that'd be dark. Um, uh, basically, it keeps his monsterism at bay. So um, he doesn't inhale it one night, and he's at a Halloween party, and he turns into a monster, and his dad tells him, actually, yeah, you're descended from monsters, and there's this island full of monsters. And uh, your mum, the the woman, the, the basically has a photo of who he thinks is his mum and his dad's like it's just a model I hired and it's like that's fucking messed up what it's called that like, you know I mean it's actually saying it's a model I hired it's like okay um, so um, he goes to Monster I why sorry what if the model knew what was going on well the thing is the mother's a monster as well um, but like he just I don't know he hired a model fuck so yeah he go, like the kid goes to Monster Island um, to find the truth about his mother and um, his dad goes after him there's kind of an interesting idea with the villain in the film where the villain is essentially the boy's uncle but you don't know that until the third act but fuck if you are bothered about me spoiling Monster Island then what the fuck but um, and like but like there's a, then there's a flashback thing, and it's like his brother wasn't all, his uncle wasn't always evil, and he accidentally killed his mother, but it like was an accident, and then his dad is like, right, you are banished from this family, blah blah blah, and that turns him evil. So there's kind of an interesting thing there about well. You know, like, who's actually the evil one? Is it the one who's been turned evil or the one who made him evil in the first place? But then that's dropped straight away. I was like, oh, all right, that's shit. Fair enough then. And then it's just like, yeah, okay, going against the bad guy, yay. And there's a love interest with a kid and yay. And some of the character designs are fun. Um, There was a good little visual moment that actually made me laugh out loud. Where there are these monster cops who are tracking the kid because they think he's up to no good. And there's a moment where the love interest and the kid are in a shop. And the love interest looks out the window and sees the cops. And then the cops look at her. And then both just suddenly 
like do a motion like they're going down an escalator. But it's not like they're going downstairs. Like they literally like physically move like they're going down an escalator. And it was like they're <laughs> outside. That's that's and it, it genuinely made me laugh out loud. And there was another bit as well, actually, where the bad guy's henchman comes into the bad guy's like living room and, and just has a box of stuff and he's like Where where does this stuff go? And the bad guy's like well, what's in it? And he's like, it's a load of plates. And he's like, well, the kitchen. It's like, but it says bathroom on the box. And he's like, well, why would I put plates in the bathroom? And the, the, the monster's going, well, where do you want them then? And the bad guy's like, the kitchen. And then the bad guy just comes out muttering, saying like, well, it's confusing because it said the bathroom, but it's plates. And it was like, it was like, well, I, I quite enjoyed that as well. <laughs> And then, like, there's just there's a couple of these really fucking random moments where it's not like a kids' film where they're trying to appeal to adults. It's like a kids' film where they're just trying to appeal to people who would laugh at weird shit. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I mean, like, the thing is, I didn't hate it. Two out of five. Um, it looks horrific, like bad. Like yeah. there are scenes. Where it's all like it's almost like in intensive bits in video games where the frame rate just goes down. <laughs> like there's literally like swooping shots where it looks like it's like 15 frames a second. It's fucking weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's a couple of moments that sparked it up. The the message in the film is harmless enough. Lottie quite enjoyed her time with it, which kind of always gives me a bit of a boost, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I like it. It's I, I it, it's bobbins, but it's utterly inoffensive bobbins. And like, I mean, I think with my unlimited thing, we maybe paid like two pound fifty to see it total. So like, fine. Can't that can you? Yeah, fine. You know. Um, I tell you what is shit. Godzilla. Yeah, I didn't like it on second watch. Right, so um, Kong Skull Island will be watched in 4K this weekend. So I thought I'd watch Godzilla. It's on Amazon Prime. That film is the weirdest fucking audience trolling blockbuster. It's almost impressive if it wasn't for the fact that I want to see Godzilla fight. Yeah. And it just backs away from seeing Godzilla do fucking anything until the last 15 minutes. And before that, it's build up to Godzilla doing something, cut to the aftermath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, not a very engaging lead. No, um, it, 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 it's weird. He doesn't work as... Um... As a, as a leading man like that, but you kind of feel like he should. But then when you got him as a character in um, Nocturnal Animals, he's fantastic. Yep, him shitting on that outside toilet, give him a fucking Oscar. Yeah, um, like it, yeah, that it's weird. Elizabeth Olsen is given fuck all to do. Mm. Um, Ken Watanabe is basically asian guy who knows more than everybody else he he basically is you're asian right yeah cool yeah um (laughs) brian cranston is mad dad who dies at end of first act and juliette bonosh is 
wife who dies 15 minutes into film and publicly criticised the film after the fact. <laughs> that, that just feels like a Juliette Binoche thing to do, though. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, I'll, I, yes, I obviously die in the flashback bit because otherwise the rest of the film doesn't quite work. But yes, I'm going to complain about it afterwards. It, it's, it's not like, I don't know, it's not like her character dying must have been a surprise to her when she read the script. But you know. apparently, apparently that scene was the only reason why she did the movie. What? Yeah, apparently, apparently that was what the, that scene, uh, the, the way that scene was written was what convinced her to do the movie. What, like her and, and, and Cranston? Yeah. Alright, fair enough. Yeah. That that film is fucking awful. Like, I... I... I, I, I mean, I haven't seen The Book of Henry. So it might be horrible. It might well be horrible, and a lot of people say it's horrible, but also people say it's quite ambitious and is reaching for a lot of stuff, which I appreciate. The thing is, this is a Godzilla film that Edwards had to fight to make. You know, like, they did the Comic-Con thing, and then that, like the reaction to that was good, so they kind of greenlit the film. But then he made a film which is so aggressively not showing Godzilla off. And instead, being this weird... We're going to show the aftermath and the devastation and then people talking about Godzilla. But then Warner's... It's almost like Warner's saw an early cut of the film and we're like, for fuck's sake, Gareth, just just have him fight someone. We're fucking begging you. <laughs> yeah. And then they decided to do it. And it's so dimly lit as well. Fuck knows how anyone watched this in 3D. This film with like 20% less brightness? Yeah. What the fuck? I like seriously, I fucking I gave this film one and a half on Letterboxd. It doesn't deserve that. I'm not fucking <laughs> editing that right now. This film is fucking awful. And I like if 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 Edwards was actively trolling his audience, then fuck you. I'm slightly impressed if you admit that, but fuck you. <laughs> Ma- Michael Doherty doing Godzilla King of Monsters, awesome. Adam yeah. Wingard doing Godzilla vs. Kong, awesome. I look forward to those films. But Rogue One was good. Yeah, and Tony Gilroy reshot a fuckload of it. Yeah, fair point. Tony Gilroy is good. <laughs> So there you go. I will be very intrigued to see what Gareth Edwards does next because it seems like he played ball on Rogue One, mm. and maybe it, the finished product. I want. I wonder if he maybe got more credit on the finished product than he should have because he played ball. Mm. I wonder. Anyway, um, my final one for this week is Personal Shopper. Ah, what was this like? So, Olivier Sayers' film, um, Cloud, Clouds of Silas Maria, is either on Netflix or Amazon Prime, I can't remember. That film is really, 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 really worth watching, even though the last 15 minutes or so are not great, but it's really worth watching. It's one that I keep meaning to get around it's to. and It's really not. good. It's really good. Christian Stewart is very good in it. Yeah. Christian Stewart is very, very good in Personal Shopper. 
She's really good. Um, Close. So, story is... Um, I don't really know if I want to say too much just because I didn't know much about this film going in and I know virtually nothing what does the trailer say the trailer okay so she's a personal shopper for a like a high roller like person she it's not said in the trailer so I'm trying to yeah she had a twin brother who died suddenly and she ha- uh, she made a pact with her brother that either, if either of them died, the other would give them a sign from the afterlife. So it turns into slightly Hitchcockian mystery, slightly, slightly horror film, slightly drama thing about Christian Stewart trying to get over grief. Hmm. There are bits of this film that I don't like and they are the Hitchcockian bits. Right. There's a mystery in this film which has a resolution where I actually thought after was that actually supposed to be a mystery because it was so fucking obvious that the fact that this dedicated so much time to it seeming to be a mystery is weird. <laughs> so there's that. However, Christian Stewart does dealing with grief very, 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 very well. Very well. Um, it looks great. And there is there there is a shot towards the end that I was pretty wowed by. In in a, in a kind of a beguiled sense, actually. All right. Yeah. Um. There's a there's something ghostly going on in an image which I was really taken with. Um. I would like you to watch this at some point and we'll talk. I will try and watch it this week. I don't know what you'll think of it. I always like that though, going into films where I'm not quite sure I know nothing about it. Um so I'm gonna go in with that. I'm not gonna read anything about it, I'm not gonna watch a trailer or anything, I'm just gonna go into it cold. Uh, okay. I think I, I get a feeling I might get a better environment out of it if I go into it cold. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I didn't really want to say too much. I, I, okay, I'm going to do Lost City of Z. I'll do that. I'll do um, Personal Shopper. That That's... way it's quite fresh in your mind when we're talking about it. Yeah, and I, I, I tell you what, if it, shall we say this? We'll yep. both rent it on iTunes. If yep. either of us don't like the other one, we'll, we'll give the other person that money. Yeah, I'm fine with that. How's that sound? Because yep. I, I want you to watch this, but, after the Greasy Strangler experience, I'm not sure I'd want to... I don't think I want to go that far because I'm not entirely sure what you'd make, but I would love to have a discussion. I, I, I think, if anything, even if I don't like it, I still think it's going to be an interesting watch. Yeah. Um, for me, not as good as Cloud, Clouds of Silas Maria, but not by much. 
All right, cool. Um, and that's it. We we have no emails. I checked. Well, I checked yesterday, and we didn't. So I'm going to go with that. Cool. Um, I think we have some Twitter questions, though, don't we? We do. Yes. Uh, I've got them here if you want. Uh, yeah, uh, if you mind. Yeah. Steve uh, Dixon at, uh, at the Great SD. Uh, what order do you place Christopher Nolan's in from best all the way down to almost best? Oh fuck me sideways! All right, fuck man. Asking now. Um. Christ. Um. Oh god. Following at the bot. No, Insomnia at the bottom. Even though I, I I like all his films. Yeah. Insomnia at the bottom. Following. Uh, Batman Begins, Memento, uh, fuck, um, uh, uh, fuck, Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar, Dark Knight Dunkirk, is that everything? Prestige, you've missed now. Fuck, Prestige, Insert, Before. For the Dark Knight. So, Dunkirk, you, you think Dunkirk is his best film? Yes, I do. Right. Um, mine, um, again, like them all. Really do like them all. Yeah. Um, Memento. Mm-hmm. Following. Yep. Begins. Mm-hmm. Insomnia, mm-hmm. The Prestige, mm-hmm. Dark Knight Rises, mm-hmm. Inception. Oh fuck! I missed Inception. Fuck. Oh, you did. You missed Inception. Yeah. Oh god. Um, that would be under the Dark Knight, but yeah. above the Prestige. Yeah, mine's Inception. Um. Then Dunkirk, mm. then The Dark Knight, and then Interstellar. Yeah, cool. But Interstellar and Dark Knight could literally swap any day. I do think The Dark Knight is, for me personally, I think it is the best comic book movie made because essentially it's like somebody went, right, what would it be like if um, Heat was a comic book movie? I, I, I very much agree with that. Um, however, Dunkirk is... is and I, I, I can absolutely see a point on that. Um, Interstellar, I was absolutely fucking wowed by that. Yeah. And, and I've watched it three or four times since, and I still think it's, it affected me. <laughs> is, the thing is, his top five or six are five-star films for me. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's kind of like, which child do you kill? Almost. All of them. All of them. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> right. Um, what else have we got? Uh, we've got another one. Uh, Rick Kidd, uh, at Rick J. Kidd. Uh, is Dunkirk the best war film of this century? If not, what is? Uh, yes, it is. It is, yeah. There are notable other mentions. Like, um, I still think Fury's a great film. Um, Jarhead and things like that. Mm. But yeah, it is the best war film of this century. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that wasn't a particularly interesting answer. But that, 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 that is it. There have been some good warfers, but I think the warfare was kind of it. I think the hurt locker also you've got a pull into there. I think um, 
the war film is kind of everyone's kind of focused on doing Middle East war films and I don't think they lend themselves because to something like the Second World War or even the First World War or Vietnam films do because when you're telling us a story about that it's you've got to incorporate modern warfare into it but also as well you're telling a lot more of the story about the politics of it all um, whereas films about World War One, uh, World War Two, you get and Vietnam, Vietnam, you've got a lot of the, the, the politics of it, but it, it, it's from a different kind of angle. It was a polit- very political war. It, it's, it was almost like the first political war where everybody kind of knew it was wrong, whereas there's not actually that many World War One movies. Um, and World War Two, they tend to be about the war, and they tend to ignore the politics and stand away from the politics because nobody wants to talk about the politics even to the extent of where um, Nolan said that he didn't want politics to come into it that's why there's no mention that's why Churchill's not in it mm-hmm. and his voice isn't in it to an extent I think that's reasons. probably why there's no fucking enemy soldiers in it as well so you can't have like it's not a their physical, story a phys- you can't have a physical thing to go yeah fuck you or anything yeah, like that it, you know? it's, it, it, it's, it's not their story yeah Right. All, all films don't have to be all things to all men, and it's not their story being told. Mm. That's the reasoning why. Um, so yeah, that was that was all the questions. Um, just so that everybody knows, um, the dog's favourite film uh, this week uh, was Operation Jumbo Drop. Did mean to ask you about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Um, I watched ten minutes of Operation Jumbo Drop with him, and when why have I not watched this film? Isn't that Bill Murray? No, it's Operation Dumbo Drop is Danny Glover, really, Otter, and Dennis Leary. Bill Murray was in something like that, I fucking swear to God. He probably was, yeah. Even though so, so this week I will be watching Operation Dumbo Drop with the dog again at some point, probably. Sweet. I'm looking forward to, I think I'm looking forward to you saying they're like, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> Um, and that's going to do it for this week's show. Right, next week, we've got the big sick. We've got yep. 47 metres down. Yep. Or we've got Wish Upon. What the fuck is Wish Upon? It's a fucking horror film. Uh, um, I need to wait for the what is it to come out. Um, for the listings to come out. What the fuck, man? It's Wednesday. Views listings are up currently. Currently for View York, I'll tell you what is showing. Uh, they've been doing this a lot recently. View York Friday, a dog's purpose at ten o'clock. Is it? Apparently. Tomorrow it's got all tomorrow's on, but it only has that on for Friday. They did this a lot because I didn't think they were showing uh, for a while. I was like, why are they not showing Baby Driver? Why are not showing Baby Driver? And then all of a sudden, they were showing it loads. I'll tell you what, if, if the old projection manager, Mark Reader, who was, uh, it was the, like the, the kind of the projection, projectionist manager for the company, uh, is still working, he can't be working there, because he was always fucking hardcore, we're having these fucking listings out, you bastards. Um, yeah, but- listings, listings for you are always really late, because it's supposed to come out Tuesday. And then they're supposed to come out Monday, man. We always fucking had them out Monday. Like my projectors were fucking programmed on Mondays, bud. I tell you what, they've been fucking slipping. 
The site's got got some stuff listed on, but I've gone off the site before and it's changed like days before. Mate, fucking the big on. sick. It would appear to me the York, big sick. I've got, I've got the times here. It's working on the mobile app. Is it for for Friday? I've got the times on the on the website, but last time I checked the website um, previously for other films, they changed like the day before. But it was appear like the big sick might not be showing. Um. Yes. Yeah, um. Uh, uh. Fuck. Yeah, it's not. What right. the fuck? How is the big sick not showing? I don't know. It's been, it's been having trailers for it as well. Um. Okay. So you've got forty-seven meters down. You have got girls. Ah. Let's hold up on this a second. The wall. No, because you really want to see. You really want to see the big sick, didn't you? I'm I'm gonna go see it, but I'll watch something else. Uh, let's have a look. Oh, the see. wall is exclusively at view. Really? Someone big directed that. Fuck, who directed that? The wall. Uh, Doug Lehman. Yeah, it's totally Doug Lehman. Yeah. That the Aaron Taylor Johnson John Cena one. Yeah, and it's only playing at view. Fucking hell! It's only like eighty minutes long. Bloody hell! Right. Um. But yeah, I mean, I I'm gonna go see the big sick, but I'll happily see forty seven meters down as well. Like, um. What's that? I might just go and see the big sick. It's playing at sea screen. Oh, fine. All right then. Because I want to see the big sick actually. I'm gonna do Captain Underpants as well. <laughs> you can do Captain Underpants, that yeah. I'm fucking... That film's got some good reviews, dude. It's got some very good reviews, yeah. 47 Metres Down, that's the one with Mandy Moore in it that had the fucking horrible trailer. Yep, directed by uh, Johannes Roberts, who did... Yeah. F. Yeah. It had the trailer that looked like it was made on a phone app, a free app, the light version, before they even got like the paid-for version. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite tempted to uh, go see four, 47 Metres Down or, of a weekday evening next week. I, I don't blame you. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll work it out and I'll, I'll go and see the big sick at some point over the weekend. Good stuff. All right, cool. So um, we'll do... Uh, We'll do, sorry, just Michael Caine tweeting, just saw Dunkirk, you must see it. I, I, good for Michael Caine. Um, yeah, so it's going to be the big sick. We'll do uh, We'll do Twin Peaks. We'll do the huge. Um, yep. Patreon.com forward slash dude and the monkey, dude and monkey.com at Mark Foster. No, at Dude Foz. Yeah. At Dude and a Monkey. At Ian Loring. My name's been Ian Loring. I'm going to go and have my tea. And I think Mark might as well. Yeah. Thank you for listening, guys. Speak to you next week. Bye.